All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing this one a little differently today. As you... Hey. Hey. You're hitting my microphone. Um, as you can tell, it's Shaylee talking and not Jake. Um, I... You're not going to eat okay, nuts not. while we're doing okay, this. I just wasn't having a little snack, but I'll Think wait. about how incredibly annoying that will sound to people. I'm nervous eating. I can't think of a worse thing to eat while trying to do a podcast. These nuts? Yeah, this is not an ASMR video. I can think of a lot of worse things to eat. I can name them if you'd like. No, thank you. Okay. So today, uh, we are going to do a podcast where I interview Jake because... I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that obviously know him, but there could be people listening that don't know him, and even the people that know him may not really know him. So uh, our idea is to have me ask him some questions kind of about the podcast, about his life, about different struggles he's had, and um, that way you guys can kind of understand what's going on in his crazy little brain and... um, you know, just get a better sense of what this is all about and why he's doing this. So, without further ado, <laughs> you seem stressed. Are you stressed? Yeah, I'm super stressed. You've been stressed all night. Yeah. Well, I tried to do this a couple times yesterday, and I mean, I've tried to do it multiple times, but yeah, that's funny. It's it just it's weird. It's weird. You're very forthcoming about a lot of things, but you're stressed out about what you're about to say what well it's because it's like my identity like picking one person you know is is difficult because it's like if you know i felt i've had to be many people so Mm -hmm. like figuring out i'm I'm just at this point in my life where i'm like trying to figure out who i am too Mm -hmm. and like that is you know that sounds like a typical sentence i'm sure but Mm -hmm. it's just me like i don't know it's just (laughs) i don't know it's just weird well it's okay We'll just uh, roll with it and see what happens. And Yeah, there's no doing it wrong. So I'm just right. going to ramble for a while, and I hope that you get the freaking point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try and reel you back in. Yeah. So my first question for you is, why did you start the Junkyard Love podcast? Um, I started the Junkyard, Junkyard Love podcast. Um, I guess, you know, I, I wanted... I've always liked the self-help, like taking care of yourself, like the, um, I've always wanted to be not afraid outwardly of like, hey, you know, like uh, challenge yourself to be better and in these sort of things. But uh, I I had my own issues of that, that I wasn't solving. And so I, <clears throat> we'll get to that. But so, so essentially to start the Junk Lo- Junkyard Love podcast, I started my healing journey, my like getting better, my dealing with my like childhood traumas, my my life, whatever, just like trying to make to hang like I like sort this thing out because it's like kind of kicking my ass. It's just like depressed for a while. And I just I, I started listening to other people like on YouTube, for example. So I started like, uh, you know, of course, like Joe Rogan podcast, for example, I'd watch random clips of that and then I would watch different lectures and I would listen to people talk and I listen to them speak. And then I would start to, you know, you learn that information itself. And then, um, I don't know. So essentially I started to get better through just like 16 hours a day. I, I, you know, I wake up, I put headphones in and I'm just like listening to YouTube stuff and I'm writing it down and I'm like, how can I be better? And, and all these things. So through my self help, I just had so much success by just pursuing knowledge Mm -hmm. by just like not knowing the answers, not knowing the one right way, but knowing that I I needed to get better. And, and I think that I started the Junker Love podcast because just that like, if I can get someone to just choose that little flip switch of just like, like, oh, I can get better. I can be the one to take care of things now. Like, like that's all it takes, like one day, one moment, whatever. And then it has this momentum. Like you might eat shit afterwards for three months, for three years. But just knowing that you're working towards it and you're now on your healing journey, you're not in this like falling anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want to give people that. So I, the Junker I Love podcast is, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is just me talking with my friends. But I think that every single person in this world, especially the people that I know, <laughs> like have something to offer in terms of their knowledge and what they've experienced and what they've learned. And um, 
because I know that to be true from like all the, the hundreds and hundreds of people, like, you know, my teachers on YouTube, so to say, like all these people that I've seen, like all these people in the comments, like, you know, I've been taught so much stuff by random people on Reddit. I've had like profound things just from like random Reddit comments. And I just think that that actively doing in, in, I don't know, I guess just inspiring people to, to be the best version of themselves and and take control of right. their own life. Yeah, I think is a, a big thing. Yeah, and I think that learning from people and, and learning e even just conversation skills, like me, even just and I also, you know, I I wanted to do something that I could actively fail out loud at. Mm -hmm. You know, I really believe in failing out loud. You know, I, I really believe in, and you know, when, when you don't believe in yourself, you've got to like find a way to do so. And failing out loud is a big way to do that, you know, like, shoot, you know, shooting a million basketball shots in your driveway to get a little courage to, to come out into, onto the podcast and, and say something. So. Right. I think, too, um, another really important thing is that just because something works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else and mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, you've done a lot of different things to try and get to where you are, um, you know, meditation, yoga, podcasts self-help books, yada, yada, yada. Some of those things may work really well for other people, but, you know, they might not. Right. And so I think that's another important thing that you're trying to kind of spread is, like, just figure out what works for yeah. you. Yeah, like, like, doing anything is all it takes. Like, mm -hmm. once you, you know, like, you're lost in the woods, but all it takes to get home. Like, to know that you're going to get home, you could be miles away from home, but once you find the path, once you are, oh, shoot, I'm on the path, I'm miles away, but now there is a path and I'm walking on it. And by path, I mean, you know, not like Bodhisattva in Buddhism. I'm just saying like like the path of healing mm -hmm. of, of, you know, it doesn't have to be out loud. It doesn't have to be all exuberant. You don't have to like share all your, you know, your, your favorite Instagram quotes like I do. But I, <laughs> I just think that not staying in the victimhood of I'm depressed or I have anxiety or I have this illness or just, just, I just want people to not remain in lack. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want any, any of the people I, I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of just cool people like throughout my life has just led me to, to meet so many cool people. And, uh, I just, like, of course, I just think about it and I just wish the best for them, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I can just, like, if any of them are in pain, that makes me feel sad. So if I can just give them that little hint of of whatever or just inspire them to, like, hey, you got to get better. You can get better and you could do it on your own, you know? Whether that means, you know, and I, I mean, doing it on your own is if your step is going to the counselor or getting medication, that's great. That's awesome. Do that. But it, even just getting to the doctor's office takes you to have a little courage. Of course. And, and that is what I want to give you, that little just... That's all it takes, you know, one day, one little courage if I can, you know, if I can do that. I'm just rambling, but. No, no, I think everything you said is is very valid. Everything, mm. every choice you make does take courage. Yeah. But it, it matters that you're you're making a choice. Right. And you're trying to do yeah. something about it. So uh, I wanted to touch base on what the meaning of Junkyard Love is. So the actual name, because I'm sure people are curious you know yeah, yeah. you know you hear junkyard love okay so what does that mean to you we've talked about this so yeah. i know about it and obviously i know what you've told me and i kind of like have my own idea of what it means to me so tell me what the idea means to you um well i think that i feel like i always explain this differently but we'll see what happens um it, we're all, we, we start to think that we're useless sometimes, you know, like if, if I'm just a door in a junkyard of a thousand doors, like I only go to one car, you know, but we forget about that car at some point. A, a door by itself in a junkyard is, is useless, but to, to the right car, it fits perfectly. Um, you know, that that's kind of how we are. Like, like we all have that, but we we don't even look around into the junkyard. Like I just think everybody has a junkyard that they can search in and, and, and find the pieces that fit them. Um, and I, oh man, I know I've explained it way better than that, but all right, I need a little help. What, what is junkyard love? Like what, what have I told you before? What is, um, I would say similar to that, but the way that I kind of think about it, 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 it is similar. It's, you know, I kind of always think of the expression, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like, right, right. Like you go to a junkyard and there's all kinds of stuff that people would say is maybe trash or just mm -hmm. whatever. 
it's damaged. It's damaged goods. But, you know, you can bring that all together into somebody that means something that's really important to them. So I feel like for me, it's like the people that you bring around, we're all damaged in some way, in a sense. You know, we all have different things that hurt us that that everybody has something yeah we've got baggage we've got whatever we've all got like this junkyard of stuff and Mm -hmm. you just come together into this space where you can create and be yourself and um you know know that you're supported and you're cared about and all those things so i just kind of think of it in that sense of like it's this like junkyard of people and ideas and creativity and But it's a it's a warm space. It's yeah. you know I don't know. I yeah, think no, it could you could yeah. kind of interpret it how you want, but I think that's how yeah. I interpret it. Yeah, I mean it would you know it was actually it actually be kind of cool to like ask more people like what is it what do you think it means like so far just to see what happens because I you know it, it's it's funny I feel that it's because it seems silly that I sh- that I'm not able to like describe like what's junkyard love because it's something that's it's so important to me. It's like one of the most important things to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of like what I've what I've poured my mind into, like, you know, the podcast, but Junkyard Love is also, you know, we're sitting in, in, in my recording studio, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a humble home studio, but it's, it's, it's a lot more like I, you know, it's a lot more for, for musicians and artists. And, you know, I've been working with a lot more people and, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of like intricate plans to take the Junkyard Love name and, and events and my work and all these things. But, um, yeah, I, I guess so. It's, it's, it's a place that I want everybody to feel like, you know, cause if, if, if if you're in stuck in the mode of being just a, a piece of r- rubbish on the side of the freeway, you're just like an old fender, you know, like you're not going to feel like you belong. But in the junkyard, it's like where you go, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then just just once you're in the junkyard, then you're you're in a place where it's just a matter of time to where the right car, part, the person who needs the right part, mm-hmm. they're coming, they're going to come get you. And it's not so much waiting for waiting for someone else, but it, I don't know, more finding a place where you fit in mm-hmm. and, and knowing that like, oh, it is coming, you know. So, um, yeah, and, and so just for, for fun, too, the name, actually, Junkyard Love, was I, I'm always thinking of some, like, I'm always like, trying to, like, think of cool names and aliases and stuff. It's just like, oh, I could do this and I could have this whole, because I have so many ideas, but I understand that that could be very confusing to, like, just be a splurge of just whatever the sh- crap I'm thinking about that day, you know? So, which I... I I was listening to Lupe Fiasco actually, and he had this um, one of his his older songs, and I wasn't even consciously really listening to it. It was just kind of in the background, I think. And um, I don't know. He, he said like I don't even know if he said junkyard love together, but he said junkyard and love in the same sentence or something. I'll have to look exactly at the at the song, but it just it clicked. I was like, oh, that, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny. I, I clicked. It clicked, and then I just knew. And I started, you know, that night I started kind of like scribbling it down. And I jotted down the logo mm-hmm. and then I sent the logo to my buddy in, in Kansas city and he, Oh my God, replied with like the coolest, but so it, it just seems to be working out, but it's, Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm fidgeting. You're fidgeting. Ugh. And now you're making noises that you're going to have to edit out. I know. I didn't want to listen to this <laughs> podcast because I feel like I'm going to be like self-critical of what I'm saying. And right. that I'm like, well, I didn't really even say anything. I just didn't get to the point. Well, that is uh, a good explanation. I think it kind of can mean whatever it means to yeah. you. It doesn't have to just mean one thing. I, I think I think for the podcast, though, the the essence of what the Junkyard Love podcast is is just like, like like mining the world for knowledge, and and not just like you know because learning is a hobby of mine or, or novelty and, and new experiences and and you know seeing the real side of people is a hobby like i enjoy doing it. i love doing it. it feels right to me mm-hmm. but it's also it's just it's i think it's healing for anybody at any point in their life whether they think they need healed now or not whether they think they're depressed whether they think they're they have anxiety whether they do have these things whether you're on medications not i just think anybody could stand to you know kind of kind of start listening to something and intaking something that is that is knowledge based like yeah it's just some people talking it's just some friends having a conversation but th- the knowledge that you can learn even just from like a couple little sentences of like oh hey yeah like i oh i use this for anti-inflammation like that little thing that you hear in your little side note is is going to fuel your thoughts for the rest of the day so i just i want i just want to mine the world for knowledge and inspiration and creativity and and i know crazy amounts of people with that mm-hmm. and and yeah and another thing we've talked about before is being who you needed 
at a certain time in your life. So whether that be when you're younger or now or whatever, you are working to be a person that can help other people and you're working to be somebody who you needed at a really critical time in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that's another thing that you're you're trying to do right now is just yeah. be somebody who can inspire others or, you know, get them to get up and get moving and do things to better their life. And right. I think that that's... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I call it luck, like where I was at when I was a teenager, you know, because I had to like, I had to turn on like a, an armor myself you know, when I was younger, but I, I just call it luck that I was somehow able to like, be like, oh, you know what? It's only me. It's only me that can help myself now. Like it, I'm on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I think that at a young age, that's, it's, it was, you know, it was reckless, but it's how I survived. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. So this is a great segue into the next question or, you know, topic that I kind of had for you is um, about your younger years in life. So your childhood, your teenage years, kind of your early 20s, because now you're in your late 20s and you have changed so much, Um, like so much, even from the time that we've been together. We've been together nine years now. I mean, you've changed. We both have, obviously, but you've changed a lot. And I think I'm sure a lot of people don't know kind of the things that happened in your life that have led you to here. And, of course, nobody can truly know all those things but you. But I think it's important to talk about it because there's kids going through these same things. There's people going through these same things that have struggled like you or have had struggles that feel alone and – they see you now, and I'm sure people think, oh, he's doing great. He's got this great life. He maybe think that you've never gone through these struggles, but you have. You've gone right. through some really intense things. And obviously, we don't have time to talk about every single traumatic incident that's happened <laughs> in your life. But I think um, we should touch base on some things. Yeah, so just where, where should we start? Um, I, th- <laughs> I think it should be important to include that, like, like, your story is important, you know, and like, like th- this is my story, but it's also like, I, I could take this exact same story and I could let it cripple me. Like, I, you know, I'm learning about my story and I'm telling my story and I'm, and I'm, I know. think, all right. Yeah. Honestly, I think it did cripple you for a while. You let yeah. it cripple you. Yeah. You did. Um, but you decided not anymore. Right. And so that's like, you know, really pivotal time in your life but so let's talk about like when you were a child I know you don't remember a lot of things like you feel like you don't remember a lot and you probably don't because I'm sure there's a lot of things you kind of like blocked out but so when you were a child what do you remember being a child you I know you know you're the youngest of four kids Mm -hmm. three of those are girls Mm -hmm. you know you had three sisters kind of what do you remember from that um my I remember like so like zero to nine, zero to 10, whatever. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I, like my memory doesn't really, I don't remember like specific times or like certain things that happen. So people will be like, oh, you remember when this happened? I don't, I don't like, it doesn't exist to me. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like the bigger situation of like what happened, like what did this mean? And, uh, but, but so I grew up in, in Kelso from ages, I think three to nine. I think that we moved from Everett, um, Kelso, Washington, um we had like a corner lot nice house we had swings um like shop my dad was a carpenter my mom um i think she worked at flower shop and um i don't so so it's difficult because so so like shaley said i i don't have good memory of my childhood and it's it's things that like I'm slowly peeling back and there's things that like, Oh, I kind of remember that. Um, it's definitely things that I blocked out. It's definitely things that I felt that I needed to block out. Um, but like, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uncovering these things and trying to like, uh, all right. So, uh, so, okay. So that part of your childhood, right. you don't, you don't really have too many yeah. memories. I, I have of- like traumatic experiences that I remember, like, I don't, the way that your your memory works as a child is like the things that 
you know, as much as you want to enjoy, like as much as I wish that I would have remembered all the times playing on that swing in my front yard, what I really remember is just like having to leave all my toys at two o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like my memory is just the freaking traumatic stuff mm -hmm. because like, I don't know if that's just because it was like constantly repeated and repeated or if that's just how trauma works. You know, I'm studying that, I'm trying right. to figure that out. But So what led you to that 2 a.m. incident you're talking um, about is the fact that your dad, yeah. uh, you know, started using meth. Mm -hmm. And so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so my... Um, reasoning on his end was it had started it was a pain reliever like he had really bad arthritis one thing led to another over the years and he just wasn't able to 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 work with his hands anymore and so you know just through whatever he was someone suggested methamphetamine you know a couple of years down the road it's pretty much crumbled the life and so the the, the in between the like ages nine so like he started using when i was nine and just like the 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 very fast, complete crumble of like, <clears throat> so to me, I don't know exactly how it was, but to me, you know, from a child at the age of nine, it was just like, like reality is, is just ripped out from underneath you. Like mm -hmm. the things that, you know, the, the things that you think about people, the like, um, the, the security the, that you have, yeah, the assumptions that you have about when people love each other, mm -hmm. like the, uh, it just like it, it it fucked me up you know but i <clears throat> but so so i just had like a lot of um in in between but so um yeah go on to the next part I so guess. your dad started using yep. and then that obviously tore your family apart mm -hmm. i know from what i know of you know what you've told me and what your mom's told me um cuz your mom's living with us right now temporarily and so i have talked a lot to your mom um, you know, this kind of ripped your family apart. They tried to figure it out, but he wasn't uh, ready to quit. Um, and so this led to a lot of like chaos. There was a lot of, um, police situations, um, like there, kidnapping. There stuff. was situations where he tried to kidnap you. You had the closest relationship to him. Yeah. I mean, and I was just like, I, I, and I was told recently, um, I was talking to, talking to somebody and, and they said that it was at this time when it start when everything started to fall apart, it was just at this time where I was like, um, like showing interest in wanting to have a relationship with my dad. I was like, Oh, like, I think he's cool. You know, like, have mm -hmm. you know, the typical. So I imagine that I, you know, perhaps I didn't have that before this or something, but I don't really remember, mm -hmm. but it, it was a time where I was just like, you know, as any nine-year-old kid would, just wanted my dad's love. Mm -hmm. And so it was like easy for um, for me to be confused about the situation. And I'm just like, I don't understand, you know, because I would have one-on-one -on -one talks with him and it would very much confuse me mm -hmm. to like, why aren't you guys helping him? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Right. It, and so at one point um, you told me that he was living in a storage shed like a where you store your things yeah i i just have like <clears throat> so i have like like so when i think about like my childhood or like let's say under the age of 14 i i have some good memories from like uh like family friends who like took me in and took care of me like for weeks you know i'd float around houses but like i i have a couple traumatic experiences that are just like super vivid to me and so it, it's if there's one thing I've learned, you know, about memory and psychology is like, I don't even know if this is exactly how it is. Like, it, but this is how it was to me, like as a child. And so I have like, I have a memory of, you know, my dad being obviously incredibly high. Um, and he had, but he had bought me a bike because he loves me. Like he bought me this bike, like this bike was so sick. And I was with him, like my mom, you know, of course, like she, trying to make it work. This is your father. This is your son. Um, and I just, I don't remember if we were like living there for a few days or whatever, but I was just riding in the rain for hours and hours and hours around this storage unit. And, and he was just on the phone, like, just like, you know, he's high and he's just trying to like talk to my mom and he's just trying to whatever. Like, I don't know if she knew what was going on, on the other end. Mm -hmm. They're just having, you know, they're just having their whole life be ripped apart because of this addiction. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, I don't know if there was, but, but so, so I just, you know, I, all I have is like, I have these freaking nightmares, you know, that, that come up and like, I don't want them to, but I, I just remember these exact things. Like I wake up and I just, you know, like I could tell you exactly what the bike looks like mm -hmm. in, in, 
you know, but these things like that's what, you know, that's what I remember, but, but, but they still affect me now. Mm -hmm. And and I know that they do. And and so instead of being a victim to them and ignoring them or trying to push them down farther, you know, I deal with them and I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, this is, you don't have to feel that pain that you felt that, you know, this is a different, you can reassess the situation. So I, I just, yeah, I just like have a couple, like my memory just seems to be the bad stuff. Right. So eventually, you know, your parents did separate. And um, your mom remarried somebody, mm-hmm. and that was a little troublesome for you as well. Um, you've told me some stories about that. And uh, you were, what, early teens, probably? Um, yeah, like probably 14. Okay. 15. So, yeah, you, you, were, you were, you know, younger still. And so she's married to somebody else now. Your dad, at this point, has he gotten clean or is he still yeah using? yeah so he had gotten clean um and so i feel like the whole thing with my dad like we would go through some periods of like has, even as he was getting clean you know like he was he was still just like floating around but so like i would talk to him every few months like you know of course it was kind of like me that he was in contact with like my sisters you know instantly couldn't forgive him like they were not really in, they've been off and on contact mm-hmm. but um like uh, I, I kept in contact like while he was getting clean and like I was his friend while getting clean. And so like, I feel like I also, you know, this is pretty you know, strange thing to experience. Um, right. It's a very unfortunate role that you had to be put in uh, to be your father's friend during a time when he's trying to be sober mm-hmm. and you're 14 years old. That's, I mean, no, I'm I'm not trying to point fingers, but that's a really hard place to put your child in. And it's very unfair. Right. I mean, but, but at that point it's like, he, you know, he didn't have any other friends. He already burned all of his bridges. Right. And so like in what everybody around me and him was doing, you know, it, like all, all signs pointed to like, like F him, you know, yeah. but, but I just, I, I'm not the type of person. Like I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know. You've always been somebody who wants to help others. Yeah. You know, that's that's who you are. Well, okay, so 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 and I've tried to wonder about that like like how could I just have so much pain or, or you know like all this crap happened to me and I'm still just like I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have like little little things. So, you know, I said I I just remember my childhood traumatic experience. So that's actually incorrect because I do have a couple things that I remember. Like I remember and again, I don't know. It's confusing to me because I don't know if it's like even a real story but I like to just think that it is, I have a memory of a wrong phone number um, back back in home phones when I was under the age of nine of a wrong home phone number calling our home. And my dad picked up and, um, you know, he's just a good person. And and this was someone who was, was had just taken a bottle of pills and they were killing themselves and they, they tried to call one of their friends or they tried to call somebody and they happened to dial a wrong number or random number or whatever. Anyway, my dad talked to this person, kept them on the phone, you know, like, like, and got, got the police there and, and helped them and, and saved their life. And this is just like a random, like middle of the night that wakes up, picks up the phone. Anyway, like, I don't even know if that's a freaking real memory, but I have like stuff like that, you know, I, I, I can hold on. I'm like, oh, maybe that's why, like, I'm mm-hmm. just like, that is important to me. Um, right. and, and then, you know, so many people just helped me by, by not treating me different and not like having, having pity on me because I, you know, I, I like, I feel like I shut down when, when someone has pity on me, but I, you know, as I was growing up, so many people helped me by just just being loving and kind and just mm-hmm. being themselves. So I just, you know, obviously I want to do that. Right. So when you were 15, I believe, yeah. you ended up uh, moving into someone's house. You mm-hmm. know, you call your Nana. She's a really good family friend that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're close with. So you moved into her house and yeah. she kind of let you stay there. Mm-hmm. And your mom was going to come. Was she getting out of a marriage at that point? Yeah. So my mom was like the the remarriage was short-lived or the marriage that she had gotten into when I was like 14, 15. And she was like unhappy. And so it was like essentially we were moving in like, okay, well, we'll move into to this house and we'll figure it out. Cause it was still like at this point, like my sisters are, are married and kids and they're like, you know, they're old enough, whatever. And, um, I, uh, we like moved in, like mo- I moved all my stuff in and I like had the upstairs, um, 
like it's it's not separate but it's kind of like your own upstairs little apartment i just use the same front door um and then and then my mom just like didn't move in right so she was gonna move in but then she just didn't yeah and so you were kind of just like on your own at 15 obviously you know your nana lived there and she kind of i'm sure guided you in some sense but she had a job and her own family she had you know she she had her own you know uh things to deal with in her own life you know and she she was just she's such a kind loving person like she's done this before she's had she's like said like hey while you get on your feet you can stay with me for a couple months to multiple people in her life she's just she's just like that um she she wasn't trying to be my guardian like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like i bring her home permission slips you know Mm -hmm. there was sometimes where i wouldn't see her for weeks um and and Sometimes when she would be going thing going through things, and I would just be like, I want to avoid it, or or like if she was you know not not in a good mood, you know sometimes we get tired. You don't want to have some kid who's just some fourteen year old kid who's just being loud, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would come home, I would go to go home late at night, and like like I don't want to wake her up because she had a bunch of dogs that would bark, and so I would you know sleep in the car or whatever. So it was just, I don't know whether that was relevant, but it, it was. So you're 15 at this point, right. and you are kind of just on your own. You've got to get your own job. That's really where it came down to. You were working to like be able to live and have money to do things. Right. So you didn't get to kind of have that normal uh, high school experience. Yeah. I wanted to play sports, but I had to get food. <laughs> right. So like you wanted to do these things, but you had to support yourself and right. so you you know you had to miss out on a lot of that um but but i think that like the thing is is i was like such a hard head with it like like i had tons of people who were like hey do you need help or like hey what are you doing you know like hey you got any plans for thanksgiving you know and i would just be like no or or, or, I, or i would be like yeah of course i have i have plans for thanksgiving because i don't i don't want people to have pity on me i didn't want handouts i didn't want right so when i met you um, we were working at PacSun together. I yeah. was 16. You must have been 16. Right. Yeah. So um, you, yeah. Kept, you kept hitting on me. Okay. I was just trying to work. I'm trying to get this bread. Whatever. So I meet you. And um, at the time, we both were seeing other people. But, you know, I thought you were really funny. And, you know, we always just had this, like, kind of fun, like, flirty friendship. But, you know, nothing, nothing happened. And then... You know, we knew each other for a couple years, uh, 18, because we started dating um, right after high school, like a couple months after we graduated. And so at this point, you're still living at um, your Nana's house. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to like hang out with you. And um, I was living at my parents because I was, you know, still I was in college. and so you never wanted me to come over. It was a really hard thing for you to let me come over there. And, um, you know, I I was ne- I didn't care. And I know you were embarrassed by certain things, but I just, it didn't matter to me. And then I remember, like, our first Christmas, I really wanted you to come over because, you know, I knew you didn't have anything to do. And that... That was like for a long time. You kind of, couple of years, you didn't really have anything going on for holidays or whatever. And I didn't like holidays. You didn't like holidays. Well, because I didn't have any. The, you know, I have I have a couple of good memories of holidays from like early teenage years, mm-hmm. from when I would be with like um, like the Mendezes or the Colkits would take me in mm-hmm. and like give me presents and stuff. But there is also like as grateful as I was, I'm an intelligent, you know, I was an intelligent kid. Like I, I understood what was happening. Like I, like I understood the conversations that had to happen behind the walls of like, Hey, he doesn't have anywhere to go. Like we have to, you know, like, come on, just get, we, we have an extra 40 bucks. We can get him a gift, you know, stuff like that. Like, and so, and I was just, you know, I was, I was too smart from like the youngest age. I just, I knew of that sort of thing. You can't hide it from me. Like I know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm just floating around feeling like a burden, you know, mm-hmm. like, go, like I'm so grateful. At the, 
I know that I want to be so grateful mm-hmm. at, at holiday things that people invite me to, but I mostly just f- feel stupid and out of place. And I feel, and it's not on them. It's just because I was, you know, I had blockages from feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. I also or, think that it was not, you felt uncomfortable because it wasn't your family. Like yeah. your family wasn't doing this Christmas get, get together or this Thanksgiving or like you didn't have that sense of family I think your family now is more mended yeah. and like yeah I mean there was a lot of years where it was no I mean and, and I will say that, that, like they would do things like smaller things like oh like my sister or whatever but again I was uh like oh no no I've got something going on mm-hmm. like I wouldn't because I and, and I didn't I wouldn't want to to mm-hmm. experience holidays like what i would you know i just want to be by myself on holidays and wallow and right and whatever i think even in the first few years of our relationship you i mean that's how it was like you you know it was really hard to get you to come to holiday things to family functions we didn't really do a lot of your family functions well, I didn't really even talk to anybody in my family when, when we met. Right. You guys definitely had really strained relationships. Um, and so then, you know, a couple more years into it, I really started learning about you because you were very closed off for a lot of it. I mean, I would you would tell me things, but I would only know the surface of kind of what happened in your life. And I'm a very family-oriented person, so it was really hard for me to understand like why you weren't around your family and, you know, all these things. So I think um, kind of in the middle of our relationship, you know, you really started divulging information to me and I started learning about it. And um, and so, and then we get to a point where, you know, you're working at Warehouser. You absolutely despise that job. Uh, you worked there for five years and by the last year, year and a half, it had gotten really bad. Your anxiety, your depression was really bad. So I kind of want to talk about that because that was, you know, at one point you had a really like pivotal moment where you decided like enough was enough. So your depression had gotten really bad to the point of you were having suicidal thoughts, which I had no idea about. Um, and you got really anxious. You had anxiety attacks, which I also didn't really know about. I mean, I knew you had anxiety and I knew you would say like, oh, I had a panic attack or whatever. But I had never seen it or experienced it. And so I didn't truly know the depths of it. Um, so kind of all these events, all these things in life led you to get to this point where you thought maybe it would just be better if I wasn't here, which is like, sorry. (laughs) I can't fathom a world without you in it. And I can't understand how I didn't know that. I think people get really good at hiding things. Why? Well, um, obviously, I wouldn't want want that for you. And I know that obviously it's different now. And, and I know that you're just supportive with these things, obviously. But it's it's something that I when you when you have to turn on something to survive sometimes you don't realize that you turned it on or that you can't turn it off so i think that making sure i mean the person that i thought that i had to be the strong man the one who's going to take care of everybody and there was one point where i was living with like there was like nine women in the house and i just remember being like okay i'm the only guy like i gotta take care of all these you know and and i'm just young i just don't i don't know Mm -hmm. but like I I wasn't taught how to use any of these things that I was using. And I was using things like, you know, push it down and be a man on the surface and, in, in, um, 
I I had this armor on that I can like deal with it on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, because if I tell you about it and I talk to you about it, that's just giving you my pain. That's just like, it just makes, you know, and it makes you think differently about me. And, and, you know, I get afraid that like, uh, you know, because I was confused, you know, like I, I get afraid that you would f- see me as less, like you wouldn't see me as impressive. Like a, like the person that I built, you know, like the popular exuberant, like, you know, this guy that I built that I like swooned you with, that I hit on you with, you know, and, and got you as my girlfriend. Like, I was just afraid that you'd see that like, oh, that's a facade or something. And he's just like actually a sissy and he can't handle his emotions and he hasn't got over his childhood or I, like, I don't even know. Like it, it's, it's like, it's part of it is not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Like just like, like the, you, th- those like any of like, Hey, you should, you should deal with those things, those bad things that, that caused you a lot of pain when you were a child. And it's like, it comes down, you want to push it down, but it's also like not trying to sabotage what we have and not trying to like make you think less of me or. So you had tried to just not deal with it, right? You tried to just like push it away. You tried to just not think about it, try and forget about it. At one point, you know, you tried drinking more, like you kind of were drinking a lot to get away from your life you know, using substances. Yeah, partying. Partying a lot as a way to kind of get rid of things. And Boy. then it just wasn't working. Yeah. Those things antidepressants are... Antidepressants. Right. You tried antidepressants. You know, those things just weren't working. They weren't going to fix you. So you finally were like, I have to fix myself. Right. I have to do something. And you had this like pivotal moment where you knew enough was enough and you know like before your birthday not this last this year but last year Mm -hmm. this all kind of transpired and then you 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 changed your life you changed your whole life you you know you started doing all these things looking for things to help heal yourself and i think what's most important about this is you're not just using things to make yourself feel better. It's not like, oh, I'm doing meditation and yoga just to feel better. You're truly trying to explore your thoughts and mm-hmm. your feelings and your childhood experiences and you're you're trying to deal with them and figure it out. When I'm trying to 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 catalog every single second of it too for other people. Mm-hmm. Cuz that feels right. Right. So where you are now in life is you are doing things that you love to do. You know, you no longer work a job that you hate. You get to do some really cool things. You travel for work and do, you know, live events and you DJ and you do the podcast and your relationships in your life have also improved. You know, you have relationships with your family and of course there's still strain with that and there's still issues but you know you've i mean improved it mm-hmm. so much you know overall you tell yourself every day that life's worth living by living yeah so i mean it's taken a lot to get to here but it's, yeah i just my my everyday life is just so different like I, I just like it seems like it's so much work like you know when i talk about all the things that i do every day or like what i what i have to do like people are like oh, i wouldn't do that you know and it just it seems like so much work but it's like this is just what you have to do it's mm-hmm. just it's just like so it's just clearly like like I feel happy now, you know, like it's like, it's, it's not even that I'm like, Oh, I've dealt with all my problems and I've faced all these fears and I've done these, but like, just again, on that path, like knowing that I'm, that I'm, you know, actively getting better. And I really have gotten better. Like there's, I I feel like I'm just so strides far down the path that I, that I just want to make sure I'm leaving as many breadcrumbs as I can and whatever Mm -hmm. little sentences I can say that in. Mm -hmm. Um, I completely agree. I mean, People can fake being happy or fake this or fake that for a while. Yeah. And they can fake it to certain people, but to the people who are closest to you, you right. they know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know 
that you're happy and you're doing well. And of course you have bad days. We all do. There's days where it's harder for you to be happy Mm -hmm. or have a good day, but you get up every day with the intention to, to have a good day and to, to change and to find that instead of just dealing with what's given to me. Right. Yeah. Just, just the way that I wake up differently every day in the, in the, you know, also just the relief that I can have that I like, you know, I have, I've always, I have like weird, like blockades with, with like love and like feeling like, cause you know, like, like people like me and they'll tell me that they like me and they're like, dude, thanks so much for saying this. And like, I'll get freaking hundreds of people messaging me like, like throughout my life. Like, it's just like, thanks so much for saying this. But like, even like when I was depressed, I would still post like positive things and I would be like, Oh, you got to do this, whatever. But I'm just like, I was, I wasn't doing those things. It wasn't like, I was trying and I was trying to figure them out, but it, it uh, where w- waking up knowing that I like accepting and feeling that I have you on my side, like, Oh shoot, today's going to be a bad day. Like some days I wake up and I just, I don't, I don't I'm not thinking very clearly. And I'm just like, you know, like, you know, some days like I still wake up and I, I, I'm not afraid of myself anymore in that terms, but I do have like dark thoughts that I just, I'm like, man, I can't help it. Like, and they just start spiraling. But, when I could text you, mm-hmm. you know, or or tell you and and you know what's going on or you know or I, or I say like hey uh, I'm I'm ha- I'm gonna have to work a little extra harder today you know what I'm talking about like mm-hmm. if I'm like hey I need I, I need a couple I need an extra hour to do some yoga and, and and get into my headspace today it's just unfortunately not a day for me to have to have the reins fully and mm-hmm. in, in knowing that you are on my side with that, you know, and it's just so funny because thinking that I need to go through those things alone is simply what I did when I was young. It's simply, it's, it's when I was 15 and it was like, okay, well, I guess like, like it is just me. Mm-hmm. Like it's only like, okay. And so I had to like turn on and figure out like, what do I got to do to make that happen? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you, ran away from using me as a resource for a long time, like the whole first half of our relationship at least. And you thought, like you said earlier, you thought that, you know, it was going to make me think less of you or whatever, but it actually made us stronger as a couple for me to know what was going on and for me to be able to be there for you. And because I want to help you. Why would we be in this relationship if I didn't care about you and love you and want to help you? When you have but, bad days. But so like my, the, the way that like my thoughts work, like I just feel like a burden. So like, like with the holiday thing. So for example, I would work, uh, I would walk to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. I would walk from school to work and then I would get off at, you know, on holiday hours, say 930. Um, and I need to stu- I need to like do some homework and you know I have a test next morning I got to do something so I'm going to be up for for a couple more hours after work and what I need to do is probably get home so I can get some sleep so I can go to school tomorrow but instead of taking myself taking care of myself and in accepting the ride that someone's offering I would wait outside of the mall and and, and they're like oh you need a ride and I'd be like oh no no my you know my so and so is coming to pick me up and then like once they once their taillights disappear I start walking 2 miles mm-hmm. so like I would just do things like that to myself because I would just, I didn't want to put my stuff on other people or, mm-hmm. or I didn't want to, um, you know, and that's another way of, of, of not avoiding, uh, of avoiding it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think it, you know, all those walks by myself and, and all these times where I felt like, like, you know, I, I, I never wanted to contribute to the problem. Like my, I was the youngest of this like insane situation and the way that we were, you know, the way that we're taught is like just is is probably very likely like just shut up you know just mm-hmm. like, like like don't add to the problem so i felt that i i felt that i grew up my whole life being smart but but not saying it but like i know what's going on i know what it, i don't know it, it's difficult to explain but i when when you turn on certain masks, when you turn on certain things, like I remember uh, again with the walking home thing. I hope this analogy like kind of covers what I'm talking about. But the like 
walking home one, more than once and like one of the popular kids from school would pull over because they see me walking I'm like hey man you need a ride and i would just like i would take the ride because i'd be so but i'd be so devastatingly embarrassed i'd go in my room and probably just cry afterwards because i'm like great they think i'm poor they know that i i can't get a ride to their birthday party so they're not going to invite me like you know these are and i was i was 16 you know these are like not even sensible thoughts but it's who i who i i was like i gotta make sure that nobody knows that it's bad mm-hmm. um i i don't know but but now but now I, I just don't, I don't have to do those things alone. I don't feel I have to do those things alone. Um, I'm aware of like where to put on mass and where to not put on mass and, and where to, to deal with things. And yeah, I don't know. And I think that with all of this that you've gone through, it's easy. I mean, we see it all the time with so many people. It's easy to just play that victim role of, oh, my life's so bad. Mm-hmm. This has happened to me and... So I get to be a grumpy person or I get to be this or that because... You you don't know my life. Yeah, like this was unfair and we could easily like wrap ourselves up in that and just let that consume us. Mm -hmm. But you decided that you weren't going to let that ruin your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you decided I'm going to change. Like I'm not going to let this control me. Like I, yeah, like I've, I'm, I'm going to fucking stand up. Mm-hmm. It might be a while, but I'm going to stand up. Right. Know? I'm going to take all of these things that happened and teach somebody else. Right. Like how to not have this happen. Yeah. Or, I mean, like like if you're going to sit across from the table from me and, and tell me about how hard your life is and, and here's why it sucks and why everything's out to get you, you know, I could just keep looking at you and it's going to unravel because I, I'm trying to outwardly, you know, do these things to, to like give other people permission to do the same. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. That's why I'm like, it, it, it's not, it's not beneficial to me to, to, to have a podcast where I talk about like all my intricate feelings where it's like, you know, people think I'm this like cool person. Like, why not just leave it at that? Why not just like, you know what? Oh, Jake Ryan, he's pretty cool. Don't know, know much more about him. Like it's, like I, I just hope that it comes across that I'm doing it like, you know, for other people. And I hope that, you know, I don't know. I just. So going into that, what do you see for your future? And what do you see for your future of this podcast? What do you hope that this podcast does for people who are listening? Um, I hope that, I hope that it just makes people realize that they can live an incredible life if, if they want. Like it, it's only up to them. I think that making people realize that their health and their life is up to them, that they're, that the things that they say matter, that the things that they do matter, that every single, you know, that, that we're all in this together. Uh, I just, you know, I, I want to build a, a community. Really? I, I do. I, not that I would like want a bunch of like people around me to, um, I'm, I'm not trying to build something. So I get a bunch of people around me. I just, I just want a community of, of people who, when you listen to this podcast, it kind of breaks down like all that crap, all that, like, um, you know, like if you listen to the podcast and then you walk into your work and it's, they start talking, Jennifer's starting to talk about Rachel. I just want you to be like, that's just not, doesn't help my life. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, stop talking about Rachel. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. No, I it's, think you want people to take charge of their own life. Yeah. And create their own path. And just, and, and just you know, and, and also I'm, I'm afraid that my podcast is going to get like uh, cornered into like, well, if you only listen to this if you have anxiety or depression or if you've gone through a traumatic experience or like, I, I think that anybody can benefit from just learning from different types of people. Like mm-hmm. I, I am, you know, through these masks that I had to create, through these like different people that I had to be to make sure I held up the image of like, everything's okay. You have these different people, but I've also been able to have these, I'm able to communicate with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. I see eye to eye with a a ton of people. I can, uh, I I just want people to sit in that chair and feel so comfortably themselves that they will tell me what their dreams are, that they will tell me what, what, what their hardships have been, what that they, that they they will 
feel a little strength in themselves and and they're going to take the headphones off after this conversation and, and they're going to be like dang like i actually am pretty cool you know the same feeling that you can get i remember we had a we had a time where we uh, for airbnb we had to get everybody's like uh resumes or linkedin or something because someone wanted to know like oh who are you like it's an expensive house or something and then you know you just see your skills on paper and it's like dang man like kind of does a lot of things mm -hmm. and so i just want to make sure that everybody knows that like i see your skills on paper and, you know not not those but but the real you i, right. I just yeah. yeah yeah well i think you and i know a lot of people thank you for just being so forthcoming about your life and your struggles it's not easy it's not easy to always talk about these things. And I know, like, at the beginning of this, you were very tense. I could see it on your face. I could see it in your body expression. And it, I know it was hard for you to talk about these things. So I know that I appreciate it, and other people will appreciate listening to this too. So thank you for for that. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to touch on? or? Um. I don't know. I, like, I feel it's weird that I is it, it probably doesn't make sense that I like feel uncomfortable, right? You know, it does like, because make I'm sense. so. It makes sense to me. Right. It's not easy to talk about these things in your life and your feelings. But I'm so open about everything else. Like I, you know what I mean. Right, but it doesn't mean that just because you're open about your life that it's it's going to be easy to talk about these really difficult moments that you've had and yeah. things that have shaped you to be who you are. I mean, it'll get easier, I'm sure, the more and more you talk about it. But there's a lot of people who don't know any of these things about you that we just talked about. And some of them are really traumatic. So, Well, but, I, but one thing I do wish, I will say, is, you know, the, so like this sort of information in high school, the high school me was like, as long as that doesn't get out, I'm good. Like as long as they don't know that I'm the poor kid or, or so, it was weird, you know, this is just a high school mentality, but you know, you shouldn't be in charge of all those things on your own. But, but I gave off this front, like, I'm good. I got this. Like, I don't need your help. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but it, regardless, I, I think that just failing out loud and just, I don't know, understanding everybody's gone through some stuff and we're all trying to get through this crazy ass shit together. And, right. Because you know. everybody has something going on. Yeah. Whether that be good, bad. I just don't want to be treated different, you know? Yeah. No, I think that we all as humans need to understand that everybody's going through something mm -hmm. and we need to show them kindness and compassion yeah. and understanding. You know, I think... And everybody deserves that. I think that maybe that is like, maybe that is my default point. Like, what you know, not as a bad thing, but that is kind of like through these things that has had to be all I know is that I, I do know that people are still good. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. and, and I see it and I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a huge thing that I have discovered that, you know, through all of this and I don't want to make, you know, this whole thing about it because I wouldn't want to turn people off to things, but spirituality is a new thing for me too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not religion. That's not, you know, spirituality is, 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 something that has helped me through a lot of this too. And mm -hmm. so I think discovering what that is, what that means. Um, but again, I feel like if I would have heard that word two years ago, I'd turn it off and be like, eh. Right. Um, People just instantly assume that spirituality just means like God or, right. you know, whatever like leader of religion that yeah. you believe in. That's what it means, but it's not. It's not. I mean, I can't, it can't even explain it in words. It's not even like that, but it's, it's something that I didn't even know that I was looking for, but it's, it's just, it's, it's a connection to your core self is all, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that I forgot why I even mentioned that, but I feel like we should probably <laughs> round it up before I keep rambling. Um, I just like, you know, there's so much more to my story. I'm an open book. Like, um, I, I'm willing to face fears and talk about these things. Like, uh, you know, if I have guests in the future that like want to ask me about these things, like, let's talk about them. I'm not afraid of it. You know, like, let's, let's get down to the point of it because I think that when we can talk about these things and we can clear the air with them. Like once you get them out, once you say them, like even if it's to your friends on a podcast, um, even if like someone else, like, you know, if you have something similar and, and you send it to one of your friends and that kind of opens up a conversation of, of like, Hey, like any of that stuff happened to you. I don't know. Just anything to get people talking about it and dealing with this stuff and not suppressing it and just, right. Yeah. So it's helpful. Yeah. All right. Well, 
we're gonna end this now. Right. What do you say? What what's the like junkyard love out? That was it. That was it. That's how you're going to end every podcast. Now. Yeah, but that was way cuter. I feel like I'm going to lose my job now. I feel like <laughs> I'll edit that out so they don't, they're, they're like, you should have her do it because it sounds nicer. You can just take that little sample and just put it oh, on the cute. end of it. No, I'm kidding. Don't. But thank you for opening up and doing this with me. Thanks Appreciate for being here. I love you. Oh, love you too. And listener, we love you too. We, we care love about you. you. You matter. You matter. All right. Junkyard Love Podcast out.